welcome. I'm Lauren Rosen, licensed marriage and family therapist. And I'm Kelly Frankie, licensed marriage and family therapist. And this is Purely OCD. Kelly and I are OCD specialists who happen to also be in recovery from OCD ourselves. Each week we meet to talk about all things OCD, one topic at a time. You may notice we try to bring a little levity and humor to our discussion around this deeply painful disorder, as this has been a very powerful tool for our own recovery as well as our clients. We tend to cover obsessions, compulsions, and exposures. There's also a Q&A at the end. If you would like, you can join us in the future. We meet on Mondays at 12.30 Pacific time on Instagram Live. And if you do find this podcast helpful, please leave us a review so we can gain more visibility to reach more people like yourself and help spread awareness of what it's like to live with OCD. Quick reminder, this is not intended as therapy or as a replacement for therapy. This is for educational purposes only. So without further ado, here is this week's episode. So overt compulsions. Yeah. A few um, episodes back, we went over mental compulsions. So I think it's worth, we both agreed it's worth going over kind of these very overt ones, the ones that are observable that people can see versus in your noggin. In some of them the live, old noodle. Some of them live up here. Some of them live out here, but mm-hmm. they're all compulsions. Yeah. Yep. Good times. Good times. Really, really are. Yep. So uh, where should we begin? I mean, there, there are so many to choose from. Yes. And just as a quick reminder, if this is the first time you guys are watching this, uh, and if this is a returning thing, I'm sorry if this is on repetition, but compulsions are the bad guys, right? So if we can remove the compulsions, we're in really good business. That's the stuff. That's yeah. the stuff that we want to see. Yeah. So the, and the, to that end, you know, actually that's really, I'm glad that you kind of went back to basics because I had somebody actually reach out um, on our Instagram channel saying, uh, what's ERP? And I was like, oh, it's, it's hard. You can't necessarily go through it every single episode, but obviously like some other elements, right? Like the compulsions are done to eradicate uncertainty and anxiety and OCD. So Let's take an example, right? Um, You have an obsession pop in your mind that somebody might break into your home in the middle of the night. Ooh, scary one. Yes, it is scary. scary. Obsessions are always scary. That's kind of their deal. Um, Mm -hmm. And so you have this obsession pop in and you're like, hmm, well, I feel anxious now. What should I do? And you might be tempted to go check the door again, right? You might want to check the lock on the door, or the perhaps the lock on the windows, or to make sure the windows are closed in your home. Or like really, like maybe redo them a few times. Yeah. Or ask for reassurance. Do you think this is locked? Or have someone else lock it for yep. you? Because then your responsibility is. Yeah. Yeah. Then it's like, oh well, well if it happens, it's not my fault that everyone died. Yeah. So. Oh, well, right. It's so uh, funny too, because obviously nobody with OCD is like, oh, well, but it does that, that fear. Sometimes people have a core fear that I'm going to be responsible for yeah. other people's harm. Sometimes it's, I'm afraid that I'm going to die. Right. So it's different for everybody, but the behaviors look like 
locking and relocking and relocking and, and uh, you know, staring at the lock or, um, yeah, <clears throat> doing it a certain number of times until it feels just right. So, right. but obviously that's only one of so many. So what other, what other overt compulsion have you seen recently? Oh, I thought you were going to go into ERP because you had led with that. Oh, oh. <laughs> That's, that was confusing of me. No, I don't know. I think it was confusing on my part. But I so, meant that it, like yes. having a little backstory yeah, was yeah, important. Yeah. yeah. I got it now. Yeah. That's my bad. No. Um, counting, like Lauren is saying, is a big one. Um, it can be either in our head or it can be out loud, mm-hmm. right? Or um, repeating something over and over. Maybe like repeating a person's name. You can be um, looking at things in a certain direction, right? Like mm-hmm. I have to look from left to right, or I have to look in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. There's also tapping, tapping. Uh, so, it, which goes into the counting. Mm-hmm. So, uh, if I have a thought like, "Oh my gosh, one, my two, mother three, might die," one, right? Two, yeah. Yeah. You might you might do it on oh. You might do it on your hand. You might do like I've I've worked with people who tap the walls, right, and have to tap the walls a certain amount of times, and it like has to be even or odd. To your point, like about the counting that goes with it, which is sometimes more of mental. Uh, obviously, yeah, yeah, they all go together, right? Or like you have to breathe so many times, like, like I mean, really, you can see <laughs> the compulsions are so endless. Um, they really are. There's washing, mm-hmm. right? And it's and it's not always related to contamination, folks. So keep that in mind. It could be I had a bad thought and I have to wash my hands. I was gonna say it's not necessarily like substance contamination, but oftentimes we'll fall into a category of like emotional contamination or <clears throat> like within just the, right, just right, or maybe even within like, like religious scrupulosity, right? If you have sex and and there like there's fear about that being making you impure somehow that you might find yourself fading excessively in the aftermath of that um so so, yeah yeah there's lots of ways that bathing and washing can come up um right like washing your feet excessively too with the religious stuff i've seen yeah um also um around yeah I mean I don't know how deep we want to get here with washing but it goes deep Go. um, oh. ex- excessive Go deep. showering right that can last for a couple hours at a time yeah um, and I don't know if we want to I don't know if we have time or if we even want to maybe we can do it next time but talking about ways to combat those types of compulsions I don't know yeah um, probably yeah maybe we have in time the well, we, okay. might, we might have time. Um, one of the things that I wanted to say, though, jumping off of what you were just saying about showering and, and also hand washing, is that sometimes it can just be duration. That being said, sometimes there are pretty extensive rituals that go with that process. So sometimes um, a person might have to, you know, wash their hands and then get wash underneath their nails and then right like and, and so on and so forth it, it and rinse rather between mm-hmm. each like pump Pad. of soap or oh yeah, yeah. that or yep. washing their hands after they've done one section of their body yep. um or it can be 
we don't wash all day. And then we do this massive wash at the end of the day to kind of clear the space. It's like this yeah. safety. Before getting into bed, for instance, right? That's mm-hmm. oftentimes a, like sort of a safe space for people so they can be contaminated yeah. in other realms. But like, no, this is the sacred space. Oh, right? yeah. For OCD, definitely the bed. Yeah. A lot, yeah. A lot of people. Yeah. Really common. Truth. Um, what else? I think, you know, you nodded toward reassurance seeking earlier, which is more observable and that can take so many different forms, uh, whether mm-hmm. confessing something. So we see this a lot of therapists too. Like, I'm just going to say this thing out loud and if <laughs> my therapist doesn't really respond, then I'm probably okay. Right. Like then it's probably right. fine. Um, which can, I mean, it can happen. Obviously there's nothing wrong with telling your therapist about, you know, what's going on in your life. It's just, when it becomes redundant, repetitive there, you know, it's something that we're on the lookout for. Um, But reassurance isn't compulsive until it's compulsive. Right. Which is essentially meaning repetitive, excessive. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, you know, and that, that, so it could be confessing. It could be blatantly saying like, well, what do you think? You know? Yeah. (laughs) It could be Yes, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Google. Well, right. And, and self in, um, oh, never mind. I, I got, so reassurance starting over <laughs> can, <laughs> I lost what I, I was going to say. Good. I swear I have COVID brain. It's real. I, I have. Yeah. I'm not sure that my brain is like exponentially decreasing in its capacity it's by the day. It's yeah. Anyway, so Good reassurance times. speaking. Yep. Um, oh, I was going to, I figured it out. It's that it's very sneaky. It's so sneaky that even a therapist can sometimes be like, huh, I, I just ended session. Did they just ask for reassurance? And I didn't yeah. even like get it. That happens once in a while. So it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. Or I'll be like, why are we asking that? Yeah. And they'll go, oh, shoot <laughs> you know because sometimes you don't even know like you're just like so in the moment of like uh. yeah, you're in it totally mm-hmm. well and I think it brings up a good point earlier you were talking about accommodation right and especially like with the, the physical check like I'm going to have somebody else check the front door for me because I don't like it's too much for me to do it again or I'm going to get stuck doing it I think the same thing like obviously with reassurance seeking it's like if if your uh I don't know partner or your friend or your parent doesn't have information about how to navigate OCD effectively they might unknowingly be sort of feeding into the cycle um that being said while people can get support around this by sort of informing their loved ones like hey this is something I do if you see me kind of doing it can you ask whether or not you think I'm doing it and like kind of call it out but sometimes like a lot of it has to be on the person right a lot of it has to be on uh, you know what don't answer that question um, and, and gaining that kind of insight into your own experience because it's hard to see it sometimes yeah it's, it's so it's, it's definitely hard. Um, I mean, I guess that kind of jumps off to the avoidance piece, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, that's kind of avoiding doing certain compulsions 
So they, you know, might ask somebody else to, or just avoiding in general. Right. So it could be like, I'm just going to avoid like locking the door at all. Like I'm not even going to get stuck. I'll just have my husband do it. Or I'm going to avoid all sharp objects. Period. Or I'm just going to avoid driving because I'm afraid that when I get in the car, I'm going to have thoughts that I ran over someone and I'm going to get stuck having to go back over and over and over again. I'm just going to stop driving. Right. I'm going to avoid watching certain shows because they might trigger me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Lots and lots and lots of creative ways to avoid that are potentially the most like blatant ways in which one's life gets limited by this disorder. I'm going to avoid going to the doctor. It's always a fun one. Oh, yeah. 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 Yep. Never. It seems like there's never an in-between either, is there? Like, it's either, you know, we and for those watching, when we diagnose illness, anxiety disorder, lots and lots of overlap with OCD, um, that we have to diagnose it as either care seeking or care avoidance, right? So it's either I'm calling my doctor all the time over and over and over again to make sure I'm constantly going to the doctor to get checkups. Or on the other hand, I'm going to completely ignore and avoid it and just try and pretend that something is not happening. I usually do that one. (laughs) I just don't want to know. I'm just kidding. (laughs) <laughs> kind of joking. Um, another well, one. Well, sorry. Go ahead. Oh no, I was just going to say that even if you don't, if you don't want to know, you like the difference in recovery, right? Is that you you go and find out anyway. <laughs> like I know or, you, it doesn't yeah. make you not have whatever it is you got. Well, that's for sure. You just don't know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It yeah. is, and it's a sweet spot, this middle ground where it's like, okay, well, this is it's time to go check the, get this checked out. And then if you want to like call five times to review your results, it's like, okay, I, I reviewed them the once and maybe I don't need to call three more times. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, another one could be uh, that I was, I, it's gone again. Oh man. Yeah. Good Brain. Lord help me. <laughs> oh man. Hello Kelly. It is like on today. You can start um, having anxiety that maybe you're like losing your mind slowly. Yeah, that'd be good. I already know that I kind of am deteriorating at this point. Um, oh, okay. Cause I'm getting older. Same. Can't stop time. Same. <laughs> it's coming for every, you. No every matter. Second man. Mm-hmm. The know. reaper. Yeah. Don't oh my God. I was just thinking that. <laughs> I got a fever, baby. Okay. Actually, this is a random side note. I'm really taking us off the rails, but actual fact mm. up until 2022, Kelly M. Frankie had not <laughs> seen the blue oyster cult SNL skit. I had a great <laughs> privilege of introducing it to her. The so, cowbell. I got a fever and the only <laughs> prescription is more cowbell. As we go into aging, okay. I will think of Will Ferrell, you know, just just really going after it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm going to add that to my playlist. I have a YouTube playlist of funny clips that like, no matter what, they will make me laugh when I'm having a bad day. I will from time to time. Will girl dancing is like, that's the, uh, yeah. Well, like everyone that. cracking up in the background is what kills me. <laughs> it's it's just so good. It's so true. 
the cock of the walk, baby. <laughs> just like the whole thing. Anyway, okay. the point. Can we can we tie in Will Ferrell and the cowbell to OCD somehow and and overt compulsion? Yeah, just like so obnoxious. Oh, well, that's in your sure. face. That's right. So good. Mm-hmm. Aggressive. It's mm-hmm. very aggressive. Like bam, bam. Like <laughs> don't forget about me. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think of other, there's just so many there, there could be, um, visually, if we're looking kind of on health stuff, like visually checking your body for Mm. things, um, scanning things, um, it could be like going to get checked for an STD or HIV is a big one for OCD. Huge one. Yeah. Um, avoiding anything that's red. Oh yeah. Or blood. uh, blood, I was going to say, or with some contamination concerns and even the disgust factor, it's like avoiding anything that's brown, right? Yes. Like, because that could be fecal matter, right? Like, can't have yeah. that. It's the um, poop show. Yeah. Yeah. Any um, bodily fluids? I think also, to your point earlier, like checking in the mirror to see like, oh, are my eyes yellow? Am I getting jaundiced? <laughs> like, or jaundice, whatever. Yeah. Um. You know, there are all sorts of ways in which we can observe somebody mid-compulsion. Although, interestingly enough, back to what we were saying at the beginning, it may not tell the whole story, right? Like, you may see somebody tapping. You may not hear that they're reciting a prayer in their mind at the same time over and over again. They're not Um, exclusive to one another. Exactly. Exactly. So in terms of, and I, not that I want to pay the short shrift, because I know we, we only have a little under 10 minutes left, but do, do we want to talk about how, how to navigate at least a couple of these? Sure. So, Where do we start with that one? Do you want to go with hand washing or? Yeah, well, yeah, let's just pick an example and sort of walk through, I think, like how, how we might, what, well, like, Let's do the, what if somebody breaks in my house tonight? Because you already set us up. Yeah. Got the okay. so lay up here. That's fair. So if somebody has that concern, if somebody, let's start, I'll, I'll pose this to you. Somebody walks into your office mm. and you've done an assessment with them and they're like, this is the primary way in which my OCD shows up. I'm spending a ton of time every day checking the door locks over and over again. Super distressing. How do I work on this? through ERP. Mm-hmm. Well, are we doing exposures for a, uh, sorry, are we doing yeah. exposures and response or are we just doing the response? Both. Okay. Both. Yeah. Um, so just like really broadly, we would want to bring up the anxiety. So like, Oh, there's that thought. So we can write a story about it, right? Do an imaginal. So you're writing this narrative of it's all going bad you can even put in the story. And my OCD therapist told me this is OCD and told me not to check the locks. And I didn't. And because I didn't, the person broke in and tonight, last night. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. This is my ghost reading the story now. Um, So that's my initial thought. And the response yeah. prevention would be when you're reading this story, you're not mentally compulsing. You're sitting with the uncomfortable feeling that maybe, and you're not going to then do any compulsions following that up. Because if there's like this 
bulge of like, now I have a ton of anxiety and I have to release it by doing a ton more compulsions, then we've gone to, we've gone off the map. Yeah. That's no good. Um, yeah. And I, I think in terms of where, in addition to like the, the question of an imaginal bringing up the anxiety, even just locking the door itself is an exposure, right? So let's say yeah, like, of, maybe it's not locked. Goodbye. Right. But I mean, like it triggers, right? Like you go, you go to lock the door in the evening. First of all, you may be avoiding that because mm-hmm. you've, you've farmed it off to a family member. Like I'm not, I'm not doing this. And so <laughs> like, here you go. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, maybe you take that on. Maybe you become the designated door locker of your household. Right. And perhaps we look at the amount of times this is where the response prevention piece comes in, like the number of times that you might want to check. And so you're the the person who does the locking and you limit checks to, I don't know, three times, no more than three times. Are you allowed to click the lock at first? And we, well, I would even say, let's delay it first. Let's lock it. You feel the urge to come back to do an extra click and I'll say, okay, walk away though for at least five minutes. And if you still have the urge then you can do that second check. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. it's all down to people's willingness. Like we've said before on here, right. It's like we start where people are willing to start. That's it's a, it. a matter of like slowly chipping away at the compulsions because they're the things that are impacting your life. They're the bad guys as Kelly was saying earlier. So whether that's delaying, whether that's reducing the number of compulsions that you're performing secondary to doing this task that is triggering, that brings up all these thoughts like, oh my gosh, but what if I didn't actually lock it and everyone gets murdered tonight? Um, And to your point earlier, you can also bring along an imaginal exposure, like, and you can do them in tandem, right? You could be listening to imaginal exposure um, this is a little bit more advanced, but you might be listening to imaginal exposure as you're doing the in vivo, in vivo exposure of locking the door, right? So you're going, you're, you're doing the single lock, you're listening to a story about how you might not have really locked it, and you're accepting and tolerating the feelings that are coming up instead of trying to resolve the uncertainty about whether or not you actually did lock that door. You probably didn't lock it. Mm-hmm. You may not have, right? <clears throat> That's also sometimes with that, it's like, I have to hear it mm. or I have to feel mm-hmm. it click a perfect way. Mm-hmm. Then I'll know. So, so it could be like, okay, I want you to be talking to your family while you're doing it. Be distracted Yep. while you're doing it. There's so many avenues you can take. So it's hard to just give, uh, just like, oh, this is what you should do. Right. right. So what Lauren and I are talking about when she's talking about willingness and meeting where pe- people are at is that everybody's different. So our approach is going to be very different depending on what a person is willing to do in that moment. For some people, delaying is like, they might as well just leave the door unlocked, you know? So it's very unique to everybody. Yep, it sure is. It's very, very unique to each individual and dependent upon what they're actually afraid of, right? Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. keep saying like, maybe everybody dies. But again, even that could be broken down into maybe everyone dies and it's my fault or maybe my fault. I die. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and maybe leave my kids motherless. Right. right. Or it could be, I don't, you know, I don't want to leave the door unlocked because all of my house could get 
ransacked and I'd be penniless, right? Like that it doesn't, it's not always the same yep. fear, even, even if the, the observable compulsive behaviors around it are the same. And so we have to target that target that because we have to target that trigger so you can learn to be in the presence of those thoughts without taking the bait, without doing the compulsion. You got it, buddy. You got it, buddy. Well, and uh, on that note, I realize our, that, we're we're coming toward the close of our time today. We uh, are, but we will be bringing it back. Hope I think next week, maybe. Yes. Um, and as always, feel free to, you know, reach out if you have any, uh, topics you'd like to see us cover. Obviously we've done, do you know, this is our 61st episode, which is weird. Oh, happy 61st. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. It's a milestone. I love it. I like how Um, we missed 60. That's great. I did. I also Um, did too. But, and also Lauren Hmm. started, um, a purely OCD Instagram page. I did. So, yeah. So go we've got check the that purely out. OCD Instagram page. We're on Twitter now. We also have a TikTok account. If oh, you can believe oh. it. I know. <laughs> Someone's been busy. <laughs> Somebody has been busy. So you can go ahead and check us out on any of those platforms as well as the, the podcast uh, apps as well. Um, Mostly it's little clips from the different episodes that we'll be sharing on those platforms and, yeah. and hopefully, you know, engaging the community somehow, like uh, having it work. be an opening for some conversation around some of these topics that we're talking about. Cause obviously we are uh, mostly hearing ourselves talk about it. Want to hear from yeah. you. So. Yeah. Cool. Okay. You guys are the best. the best. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for joining us. Just as a reminder, this podcast is not therapy, nor is it intended as a replacement for therapy. If you need further support, we encourage you to seek treatment with a registered professional who specializes in OCD. If you have a moment, we'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to leave us any feedback by reviewing us on your podcast app of choice. You can find past episodes on our website at purelyocd.com. Remember, this podcast is for you, so please let us know what you would like to hear. We want to make our message as helpful as it can be. We hope you will join us in the future as we continue our discussion on all things OCD.